This is Hackberry, House of Chosun, SermonAudio.com. My name is Bob. Today back to North Korea for a little bit. This uh, UPI story, no one saw it coming. Or maybe the ones who did were overlooked. But when Donald J. Trump was elected the 45th president of the United States, panic kicked in in Asia. In Seoul, South Korea, just 35 miles from the border with North Korea, President Park Chun-hye's National Security Council held an emergency meeting, not unlike similar gatherings held in response to a North Korea provocation at the DMZ. Markets tumbled across Asia as Park told her staff to monitor developing relations with the incoming Trump administration while she launched a diplomatic charm offensive, congratulating the former reality TV star for his outstanding achievements and election victory. Just as surreal was the reaction in neighboring Japan, where ordinary Japanese are worried and said they are frightened about the prospects of a Trump presidency, while their prime minister, Shinzo Abe, with whom... Mr. Trump is meeting this very day, by the way, Uh, in a defiant show of brutal pragmatism, showered the president-elect with accolades during a 20-minute phone call. Why all the frenzy? Trump, who has spouted harsh rhetoric about Muslims, immigrants, and jobs being shipped overseas, has also said Seoul and Tokyo aren't paying enough for the presence of U.S. military bases in their countries. Trump had also said North Korea should be more of China's responsibility and did not rule out nuclear armament for U.S. allies, although Japan is a signatory of the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons, and both countries rely on the U.S. extended nuclear deterrent. After the election, though, Trump appeared to take a less reckless approach to bilateral relations, telling Park he will not waver in working on a stronger alliance with Seoul and agreeing with Abe that U.S.-Japan relations must stay robust in the face of threats. Never one to play the wallflower, North Korea issued a message for the incoming U.S. president, mandating the new administration recognize the country as a nuclear weapons state. There's no doubt North Korea is a challenge for a Trump administration, but if the past is any indication, a Trump administration won't go easy for Pyongyang either. Uh, From another part of the Internet, I pick up this very familiar yet still needing to be repeated story of North Korea, the world's worst religious persecutor from Doug Bando. Many governments persecute people of religious faith. However, one nation stands out, and that is North Korea. Getting accurate information on the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, that's DPRK, is difficult. Since today's communist state lives up to ancient Korea's nickname of the Hermit Kingdom. Before World War II, missionaries were active throughout the peninsula, and then a Japanese colony, and more than a fifth of the population was Christian. Between 300,000 up to um, half a million Christians are believed to remain in North Korea today. 
refugees from the north report religious involvement ranging from 1.2% participating into 5.1% witnessing secret religious activities. The DPRK ostentatiously treats anyone of faith, but especially Christians, as hostile. Believers place loyalty to God before that of the North Korean state. Churches allow people to act and organize outside of state entities. Christianity also has ties to a world seen as almost uniformly threatening by Pyongyang. Open Doors recently rated the DPRK number one for the 14th year in a row on the group's World Watch list. Explained Open Doors, quote, Christianity is not only seen as opium of the people, as is normal for all communist states, it's also seen as deeply Western and despicable. Christians try to hide their faith as far as possible to avoid arrest and being sent to a labor camp. And thus, being Christian has to be a well-protected secret, even within families. And most parents refrain from introducing their children to the Christian faith in order to make sure that nothing slips their tongue when they are asked. Last year, the British group Aid to the Church in Need published a persecution report which figured that some 50,000 Christians may currently be in the DPRK's penal camps. The organization warned that the Kim Jong-un regime appeared to be tightening controls over potential dissent, including a vigorous crackdown on Christians. Aid reported that since 1953, at least 200,000 Christians have gone missing. If caught by the regime, unauthorized Christians face arrest, torture, or in some cases, public execution. Even the United Nations, which has a decidedly mixed record on human rights, confronted the DPRK two years ago. A special commission of inquiry appointed to the almost complete denial of the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. Believers are prohibited from practicing their religion and punished severely if disobedient. The ruling regime considers the spread of Christianity a particularly severe threat. A new report from Christian Solidarity Worldwide, CSW, which I have begun reading elsewhere on Sermon Audio, offers a detailed look at religious persecution in the North. It's entitled Total Denial, Violations of Freedom of Religion or Belief in North Korea. The study paints a tragic picture. Persecution has been official state policy since the DPRK's creation, and believers suffer significantly because of the anti-revolutionary and imperialist labels attached to them by the country's leadership. All people of faith are categorized as hostile. The other two broad classes, or Songbun groups, are core and wavering. It's notably better to be a shaman than a Christian, and slightly worse to be Catholic than Protestant. CSW identifies six different periods of North Korean policy toward religion. Faith was restricted during the Soviet occupation zone from 1945 to 1948. 
and more actively suppressed by the new North Korean state through 1953. Religious liberty was obliterated from 1954 to 1971, and then policy shifted to use religious organizations for advantage from 1972 to 1987. And from 1988 to 1997, the regime operated religious facilities. Since then, there's been intense persecution of increasing unofficial religious activities. In a system in which the political leader is essentially deified, all faiths suffer. Indeed, the Constitution actually describes religion as foreign intervention. However, both shamanism and Buddhism are seen as part of Korean culture and believed to pose less of a challenge to the communist system. As a result, there are numerous Buddhist and Theandoist temples. However, those who practice Buddhism, noted CSW, still risk imprisonment, forced labor, poor living and sanitary conditions, abuse, violence, and torture. The regime is less repressive toward shamanism since the belief is deeply rooted in culture and society. In fact, party officials reportedly have seen fortune tellers, apparently something seen as having fewer anti-state overtones. Christianity suffers most grievously. A former North Korean security agent told CSW that Christianity is so persecuted because Basically, it's related to the United States. It is believed to provide an opportunity for espionage. In addition, Christian theology holds political rules subject to God's judgment. Most Christians worship secretly. If discovered, they're taken to political camps called Kwanliso. Crimes against them in these camps include extrajudicial killing, extermination, enslavement, forced labor, forcible transfer of population, arbitrary imprisonment, torture, persecution, and forced disappearance, rape, sexual violence, and other inhuman acts. CSW reports documented cases of believers being hung on a cross over a fire, crushed under a steamroller, and herded off of bridges and trampled underfoot. The North has only five official Christian churches, all located in Pyongyang, three Protestant, one Catholic, and one Russian Orthodox, opened after Kim Jong-il visited Moscow and apparently was taken with the architecture. Any religious freedom is extremely limited and may be aimed primarily at visitors and foreigners, warns the CSW report. In fact, I, says this author, visited one during my trip to North Korea a quarter century ago. The South Korean Christian Federation claims the existence of 500 house churches, though by their nature they are extremely difficult to count. The existence of formal religious organizations for Christian denominations suggests toleration of religion, but notes CSW, evidence unsurprisingly suggests use of these formal facilities, organizations, and institutions for political means. Indeed, the report cites the conclusions of others that North Korea uses religious organizations as a survival strategy to seek goods and support from and improve their image with other religious organizations worldwide, especially those 
from South Korea. In fact, a delegation of South Korean Catholics visited the North last December at the invitation of the North Korean Catholic Association. Previous trips, noted a spokesman for the Catholic Bishops' Conference of South Korea, were held in conjunction with aid programs. The DPRK long has sought outside support to cover the cost of its own failed policies. Still, according to CSW, there is good news. Since the 2000s, unofficial Christian religious activities have been increasing, partly because of the influence of defectors who entered China and were then returned to North Korea, bringing the Christian faith they had been exposed to in China. It's ironic that communist China, which continues to persecute religious believers, but not nearly to the degree of the DPRK, has become a source of evangelism for the North. North Korea may be the worst place on earth for a religious person, violently hostile to believers. The regime's attempt to appear accommodating to international groups and organizations notwithstanding, believers face the worst punishments imaginable when acting on their deepest convictions. Although the problem of persecution is obvious, not so the solution. CSW urges the DPRK government to reform, surely the only proper course, but one that seems extremely unlikely. The group also recommends referral of the North to the International Criminal Court, which, however, cannot reach into Pyongyang against its will. If Western pressure, backed by economic sanctions and military threats, have not stopped the North from developing nuclear weapons, they aren't likely to force political changes that the regime would view as directed at its ouster. Over the long term, however, the growth of Christianity itself may prove to be the ultimate remedy. Just as the People's Republic of China abandoned Maoist madness and is now struggling to accommodate the presence of more Christians than Communist Party members, the West should consider strategies to reduce the perceived threat of forcible regime change, encourage increased international engagement, and improve access to information in hope of fostering international and internal forces for change. Religious persecution has ancient roots, but remains a scourge in our time. Nowhere is the attack on people of faith more virulent than in the DPRK. People of goodwill around the world should hope, pray, and act on behalf of liberty for the North Korean people. I do hope that you will take this report seriously. I apologize for overlaps that you heard from other times that I have spoken because I use some of the same sources, but I believe this is a different report that just used some of those also. Thank you for being with me today. I encourage you to check in to the Hackberry House of Chosun website of sermonaudio.com from time to time. See what's going on here. We do different things on different times and have a lot of different things um, in process. I won't go into all of that right now. I do encourage you to check out not only where I'm at today when you when you are with me, but to look through the website. You will find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teachings and visiting preachers and reports on North Korea, just, just a whole lot of things here that I've put together 
uh, for your benefit. May God bless you. And we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.